What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. be understated with what just happened in the story of Baron and Luthien and the aftermath of that event. Something has occurred for the first time in Middle-earth that has never occurred before. Actually, two things. First, a Silmaril has been recovered from the crown of Morgoth, from the Dark Lord, a mortal and an elf dared to approach his throne and take it directly from him. Secondly, that mortal and that elf effectively ended their lives, went to the Blessed Land, and then returned. These are two things that have not happened yet in any of these stories. Two things not believed to be possible. And these two things will shape all of the events of everything else yet to come in the first age. So here we are in the halls of Thingol. The minstrels lamenting the passing of his daughter. That is until she and Baron return. She takes her father's hand and she saves him from the, the dark winter of his thought. 
brings him back. And she approaches her mother. But Melian looks in her eyes, and she can see the doom written there. And she turns away. And in Tolkien's words, she knew that a parting beyond the end of the world had come between them. And no grief of loss has ever been heavier than the grief of Melian, the Maya, in that hour. In chapter 20 of The Silmarillion, we're given a a bit of a here's what happens afterwards kind of closing to the story, which transitions into the beginning of a very dangerous period of time. Baron and Luthien are given the ability to return to Middle-earth. They go back into the lands in the north. They go back to Doriath. And we're told a few different things about this situation. Those that saw them were both glad and fearful. And I want to point out that specific word here, fearful. They're glad that they returned. They were happy to see that they were okay and that they were back in the lands of the living. This was a good thing. But they were also fearful. I think the use of fearful here is similar to the use of fearing God or something like that. For they're witnessing something that has never occurred before. This is deeply strange, deeply mysterious, deeply powerful, in a unsettling kind of way. And so they go back to Doriath, they visit with her parents. Baron has uh, gained high acclaim among the elves for his deeds here. And then they decide to leave. My sense of this is that there's nothing left for them in Doriath. They are seeking a simple life, a place where they can settle down by themselves, out in the wild if they need to. They know how to survive. And we're told that fearing neither thirst nor hunger, they set off into the east, into an area that is going to be familiar to you. They head off into Osirian. The last time we talked about Assyrian, we were talking about the coming of men into Beleriand from the east over the mountains. And there's a series of rivers as they move east and then south. And along one of the rivers, the the southernmost finger, they make a home in a place called the Green Isle, Tolgalen. This country from that point on is named Dor Fern Iguanar. Remember, my pronunciation isn't great, so that's about as close as I'm going to get to whatever that's actually supposed to be. Tol Galen, the Green Isle, is easier to remember. But this this word, or this series of words, Dor Fern Iguanar, translates to the land of the dead that live. And again, it, it evokes that mysterious quality, glad but yet fearful, because this is strange. 
And so they settle down for the rest of their days. And in the Silmarillion, we aren't given too much more detail about this. We don't know a whole lot about what they do in the rest of their time here. They basically stay away from the rest of the situation with the elves and with men. They build themselves a home. And they have a child. Dior. Dior Aranel. Or maybe Aranel. My pronunciations, of course, aren't great. Aranel is close to a word that might be Sindarin for Elf King. And later he was called Eluchil, heir of Elu. And so you have to remember, Dior is the grandson of Thingol, the Elf King of Doriath. And Thingol's first name was Elu. So both of these names fit. And you might remember Dior from the episodes I did. I believe these were bonus episodes for the patrons where we talked about the different lineages that go all the way down to people like Elrond or Aragorn. Dior doesn't live out his days on this little island all by himself. He has a different path. And as for Baron and Luthien, we're told that their deeds live in song, but nobody knows where their bodies laid down or when they left the world, where they're buried. The rest is a mystery. But the rest of this episode isn't about that. It's about what happens when the news spreads. Baron and Luthien have returned, but before even that, they managed to take back Silmaril. And of course, there are people who are interested in how this happened, And the fact that it now resides with Thingol and Doriath means that it is not currently with one of the sons of Feanor. And so there's tension there. Remember Maedros, and I said Maedros on previous episodes, thank you to those who have corrected me on the pronunciation of the DH. It is Maedros, like TH. Remember Maedros? He was the, um, one of the better of the sons of Feanor, one of the lords of the Noldor. He starts to worry about what's going on here. He finds out that the Silmaril was taken. He realizes that there may be a weakness in Morgoth's defenses. If this can occur, then what can they do if they rally together? Because he's aware that as time goes on, Morgoth will pick them apart one by one if they do not stand united. So again, and this is this echoes some of the events in the past, the idea that The elves need to come together, and yet there are still things that keep them separated. So he calls what is called, I guess you could say he calls forth to all of the elf friends, including other elves, non-Noldor, men, dwarves, and puts together what is called the Union of Maedhros. And so here we go. We've We've got kind of a list of each of the different groups and if they do or don't respond or how they respond to this call to arms. Orodrith, remember Orodrith in Nargothrond? He would not march forth at the word of any son of Feanor because of the deeds of Kelegorm and Kerufin. The events that happened with Baron and Luthien left a very, very sour taste in Orodrith's mouth. And so he decides that The elves of Nargothrond will see to their own defenses and they will maintain 
their secrecy and stealth. Except, and this is Tolkien's words here, thence came only a small company following Gwyndor, son of Gwilin, a very valiant prince. And against the will of Orodrith, he went to the Northern War because he grieved the loss of Gelmir, his brother, in the Dagor Bragolak. Remember in the Battle of Sudden Flame? So, even though Orodrith says, no, we will not respond, Gwyndor decides to take a small party and join in the battle because it's personal for him. So they take with them the badge of the House of Fingolfin. This would have been Orodrith's great uncle, if (laughs) if I'm doing lineages correctly. Uh, And then they march beneath the banners of Fingon, Fingolfin's son. So they're, they're taking the side of the Noldor who were not Fenorians. You can think of it that way. They're showing that they are separate. They're still in support of this effort, but they specifically are separate and of, of this group, this lineage, basically. Now, from Doriath, there's very little help. <laughs> Doriath, King Thingol decides he's not going to do anything. He's just going to hide in the Girdle of Melian with his now wonderful prize, the Silmaril. And there's, but there's issues here. Melian counsels him to surrender the Silmaril. She's wise in so many different ways. And she says, basically, Thingol, this is going to create tension. You need to let this go. Give this back to the Fenorians, basically. But like we see in so many other stories that Tolkien writes, there is a pride and a, a greed that lays on him with the, the value of this item. Think of the Arkenstone or the ring. It's similar to that. It says here in the text, but the words of the sons of Feanor were proud and threatening. And Thingol was filled with anger, thinking of the anguish of Luthien and the blood of Baron, whereby the jewel had been won. Basically, they went through all of this because of me. They suffered because of me. I should be the one who keeps this. And every day that he looked upon the Silmaril, the more he desired to keep it forever. And such was its power. It's not that the Silmaril itself was evil. It's that it was so powerful. It was such a great prize to have something of such high value that so much suffering was paid in order for it to be claimed, if that makes sense, was something that he was not willing to give up. And so that maintained a tension between Thingol and the sons of Feanor. But yet, similarly to what happens in Nargothrond with Ordrith, there are some individuals who decide to go against the will of their king and fight for what they believe to be his right. So guess who stands up against him in this? Mablung and Belig. Remember Mablung and Belig? Remember the the <laughs> the movie moment where Baron and Mablung and Belig and Thingol all get together and in, in order to hunt down the, the great beast? They are unwilling to not have a part in these great deeds. And so they leave and join the host of Fingon. So you have this interesting mix of these dissenters from these locations that would rather hide away 
deciding to join in the battle. And on top of that, Maedhros is not alone among his allies. There are a number of others, and maybe some surprise ones that show up in order to support this effort. We're going to talk about that right after the mid-break. Don't go anywhere. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Wow, so many new faces, so many of you guys signing up on the on the Patreon in order to support the show and my efforts here. I am absolutely flattered by your 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 love and your excitement and even your kind words when I'm like, oh, I'm getting hit by another hurricane. Uh, I hope my power doesn't go out so I can make sure I can get this episode out and you guys are there supporting me. So thank you so very much for that. I need to go through the list here. We have a bunch of new individuals. Let's start down here at the bottom. Daniel Preston M, Aaron W, Christina, John S, Jesse S, Eleanor K, Shannon L, 
Matthew M, David S, Sam B, Jordan E, Justin or Justine N, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has now joined us to balance out Sheev Palpatine, it seems. Uh, welcome, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Era Vishwin, Tristan S, Connor S, Terry R, Matt H, Alaskan Moose 31, Caleb H, and Luke T. Thank you to all of you. Welcome aboard. I hope you were enjoying ad-free episodes. And for those of you who signed up at the second tier, I hope you were enjoying the bonus episodes. There's a bunch now for you to enjoy. If you would like to check out what all of these people are enjoying so that you don't miss out, go to patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast. Lord of the Rings, L-O-T-R Lorecast, Patreon. And uh, thank you again for all of your support. We have some new reviews as well. And uh, it, this is going to be one of those episodes where, well, let's see if I can fit how many can fit in in the mid break before we have to see if we have to put them at the end. Let's start down here at the bottom. We have this one that comes from Norway podcast. El Elskarin. I'm probably butchering that two hearts, five stars pod a uh, fantastic podcast for lord of the rings lovers he explains everything in such a simple way five stars short and sweet thank you so much for that and then we have obvious via uh apple podcasts in the united states this is the one out of all the lore casts this one stands tall just like the spire of minas tirith this show has lofty heights and excellent execution robots kicks the topic right into the headspace and does an excellent job in bringing you into this world small digestible food each episode with a good explanation and an awesome dessert at the end. Really, my only complaint is it's over too soon. Please keep up the excellent research and please take my thanks for a job well done. Thank you. Obvious. Thank you so much for the kind words. Then we have Becca from the United States who writes best with a bunch of exclamation marks. I don't know. There's like 12 there. Maybe this is an amazing podcast that I started listening to while working. I've been enjoying every second of it. I've also started reading the Silmarillion because of this podcast robots narrating and explaining the lore and keeping all the names and events straight makes it easy to understand and keep track of. I've recommended this great listening to my brother and friends who are also huge Lord of the Rings fans. Thanks to robots and all their hard work. Smiley face. Becca, thank you so much for that. Then we have Will456 in Great Britain. Short and sweet. Brilliant. Genuinely one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Wow. Thank you so much, Will. And then Joey D. Dwarf in Great Britain writes, Whole new world. Great podcast. Keeps my working days interesting. I can't believe how clueless I was to the world even being a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Keep doing what you're doing, good sir. Will do, Joey D. Thanks so much. We got three more. One, This one's from uh, Tot Brewer in Great Britain who writes, Incredible show. I've been a massive Lord of the Rings fan since the first film when my dad took me to the cinema to watch it. Yeah, isn't that great? Dad, this is like a dad thing. I think almost everybody who enjoys the show has like some sort of dad connection here. Yes, absolutely. And have been in love with the world and characters ever since. I've tried reading the books to learn more, but struggled with the writings. Tom makes all the confusing words into understandable and easy to follow stories. I've tried many Lord of the Rings podcasts and YouTube channels, and this is the only one where I have been completely hooked. Thank you for making this, robots. You're welcome, Todd. Two more. This one's this one's a long one. So hold on to your butt. Uh, or butts, plural, if there's, well, never mind. Uh, Samaram21 from Canada writes, thank you. I came across this podcast while trying to find something for my dad to listen to while he recovers from open heart surgery. He receives here. He received uh, in September 20 or 15th. Sorry. 
getting getting stuff wrong. Uh, my my father also went through some uh, surgery not too long ago. Totally can identify with this. Uh, his recovery has not gone well, and in the first few weeks, when he was struggling hard with delirium, this podcast would help soothe him. That's amazing. He's been a longtime Tolkien fan, and we love all the movies. I read The Lord of the Rings just before the movies came out, which I'm so happy for, as I got to see it for myself before it hit the big screen. I read The Hobbit after, but have never had the opportunity to read The Silmarillion, so it was really great to have Tom, aka Robots, deliver it in a way that he does. I agree with all the praise you have received, and I'm so thrilled to have come across this in time for me, when an escape from reality is definitely a blessing. Unfortunately, my dad's still on the edge of being better, but having you with me on the drives back and forth to the hospital has made at least that part of this experience so, so much better. Thank you for this, Tom. Uh, as a stranger who's never met you, I feel like you have been a great friend to me, easing my mind with your exquisite storytelling abilities. I would also like to say that I have recommended this to many friends who are also big into Tolkien. I haven't signed up for the Patreon yet, but I certainly plan to, although I haven't had time to watch The Rings of Power, so I might wait, so I don't want any spoilers. Keep up the great work, Sam S. from Canada. P.S. Finrod Feligan and Huan, the goodest, greatest, bestest boy, are my favorite characters by far. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for that. Um, positive thoughts for your dad. I hope your dad is able to recover. And um, if you do decide to sign up on the Patreon, I would really appreciate the support. There's only about eight episodes in there in the mix that are very clearly labeled for the Rings of Power show. Everything else is different. It shouldn't, none of that other stuff stuff should be spoilery. So if that's something you're concerned about, they're, they're clearly defined and you can just kind of take them as you want. You can just listen to them in whatever order you prefer. You don't even have to go through them in order. Uh, and then we have one more. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. And we have one more from Richard M. Langus in Canada who writes, just starting. Absolutely love it. I just finished episode four. It goes at the perfect speed, but also in depth, just the right amount. Lots of great reflections on what the things mean in this immense, immense universe. Can't wait to start the next episode. Richard, thank you so much for that. And for everybody and all of your support. All right. We got it in the middle. Here we go with the rest of the show. So if you have been paying attention to this show and all the names and all the places and you keep them all straight, then you are amazing. I still have to look stuff up. I'm very, I'm very good when it comes to complex concepts and how they, the pieces of those concepts interconnect and are dependent on each other. Specific words and names for me have always been difficult. So if that's something you struggle with here, I struggle with it too. This is something that is very hard. Like, which one was Mayblong? Who was Maedros? They both have M's in their names. Which one's Finrod? What about Finarfin? How are they related? So I, I try to lay that stuff out as we go. This next part is going to be a who's who. It's basically a place in the stories where we're able to look at who is on what sides of the battle lines, who is joining with Maedros, who is staying separate and what's going to happen with all of that. Because this is the big thrust into the final pieces of the end of the first age. Now it doesn't mean that things are ending right now though. So here, let's go through it. To start out with, we have 
Maedhras and, and his brothers, the, the remaining living sons of Feanor, and the people that follow them. So those clearly are with Maedhras. Don't need to go through the details there so much. Just the, that group, check, they're on the list, right? It makes sense. Sons of Feanor, right? Now we have some other groups that are, or individuals that we're like, oh, wait, these, these are now people who are joining this. And remember, time has gone by here. We're now getting close to the end of the first age. So it's not just elves this time. There are men here and there have been men here for a few generations. So we have the men of Boar and Ulfang who were marshaled and trained for war and they summoned yet more of their kinsfolk from the east. So the people of Boar bringing more of their ancestors or a lineage, lineage is probably the best word for that, from the east are now gathering together. So now you have some men in the ranks who have been trained by the elves in warfare. Think about that. The elves know what they're doing when it comes to fighting. And now you have men trained by elves. We also have Fingen, who, remember Fingen and Maedhros were, were good buddies. Fingen took counsel with Himring and the Hithlum, the Noldor of the men of the House of Hador, and they all prepared for war together. The House of Hador is one of those main houses of men. We talked about that in the men episodes. The House of Hador includes people like Hurin. The children of Hurin is one of the books. Turin, important. So remember them. They're involved in this as well. In the forest of Brethel, Halmir, lord of the people of Halith, gathered his men, and they whetted their axes. But Halmir died ere the war came, and Haldir, his son, ruled that people. So the people of Halmir and the people of Halith, who are now run, ruled by Haldir. So keep that. Another H name. You've got House of Hador, and then you have House of Halith and Haldir. Then... We have another one, another group that we haven't talked about in quite some time. Remember King Turgon? Remember the hidden city of Gondolin? The last glimpse we had of this was Luthien when she was being flown through the air by one of the eagles and noticed it as like a shining jewel amidst the green between the mountains and then forgot about it. Well, Turgon finds out what's going on. Word gets to him. And this is the most hidden of all locations. Morgoth knows where Doriath is, but can't get into the woods due to the girdle of Melian. Nargothrond is fairly well hidden underground, but there's been some comings and goings of individuals in that part of the world. Especially with the story of Baron Eluthian and confronting Sauron to the north of that location, Morgoth has kind of a sense of where that is, potentially. Gondolin, still, Morgoth doesn't know. And at this point, we're still not really sure what Turgon is up to. Is he going to keep hiding? Will he come to their aid? How much does he understand about what's actually happening here? And then we are given a warning, as Tolkien likes to do. He likes to foreshadow things or just outright tell you what is about to happen. He writes here, but Maedhros made trial of his strength too soon, ere his plans were full wrought. Orcs were driven out of all the northward regions of Beleriand, and even Darthonian was freed for a while. Morgoth was warned of the uprising of the Eldar and the elf friends, and took counsel against them. This means that 
in their amassing of their military, they started fighting back against the bands of orcs that were now freely roaming in these northern lands, pushing them back. And that was enough warning in, in order for Morgoth to, to decide, okay, this, there's something up here. They are working together. They are too coordinated and they are too successful in this. And so he began to get ready. We're also told that spies and workers of treason were sent forth among them. And faithless men in secret allegiances were yet deep in the secrets of the sons of Feanor. He had been planting these spies for a long time. And so the efforts that Maedhros and his allies were, were working towards here were finally starting to bear some fruit. They were starting to turn the tides. And yet their deeper plans were being relayed to the enemy. In order to wrap up this episode, I want to read a few paragraphs about the events as the battles begin to mount. Quote, But when he had drawn forth, as he hoped, the armies of Morgoth in answer, then Fingon should issue forth from the passes of Hithlam, and thus they thought to take the might of Morgoth as between hammer and anvil, and break it to pieces. And the signal for this was to be the firing of a great beacon in Dorthonian. On the appointed day, at the morning of midsummer, the trumpets of the Eldar greeted the rising of the sun. And in the east was raised the standard of the sons of Feanor, and in the west the standard of Fingon, high king of the Noldor. Then Fingon looked out from the walls of Ithel Sirion, and his host was arrayed in the valleys and the woods upon the east of Arid Withrin, well hid from the eyes of the enemy. But he knew that it was very great, for there all the Noldor of Hithlam were assembled, together with elves of the Falas and Gwyndor's company from Nargothrond, and he had great strength of men, Upon the right were the host of Dor Loman, and all the valor of Hurin and Huar, his brother. And to them had come Haldir of Brethel, with many men of the woods. Then Fingon looked towards Thangorodrim, and there was a dark cloud about it, and a black smoke went up. And he knew that the wrath of Morgoth was aroused, and that their challenge was accepted. A shadow of doubt fell upon Fingon's heart. And he looked eastwards, seeking if he might see the elven sight, the dust of Onfogleth rising beneath the host of Maedhros. He knew not that Maedhros was hindered in his setting forth by the guile of Oldor the Accursed, who deceived him with false warnings of assault from Angband. So what we're getting here is Fingon's perspective all the men laid out, so a lot of them hidden, but he knows that they're there, ready. All the elves on his side of this conflict, well-trained men of different houses, all ready to go, ready to head toward Thangorodrim and break down the walls. But then, Maedhros doesn't show. He's been tricked by someone named Oldor the Accursed. And Maedhros was bringing with him the host of the rest of the Noldor, and with them as well, and I didn't mention this earlier, the dwarves, 
the Nagrim, their friends who had been working with them in the east from the mountains. They had worked, not only trained as forces, but crafted weapons with their smithies. This side of the force was one half of the anvil and the hammer. And yet they were not showing. It goes on. But now a cry went up, passing up the wind from the south from vale to vale, and elves and men lifted their voices in wonder and joy. For unsummoned and unlooked for, Turgon had opened the leaguer of Gondolin and was come with an army ten thousand strong, with bright mail and long swords and spears like a forest. Then when Fingon heard afar the great trumpet of Turgon, his brother, remember, they were brothers. The shadow passed from his heart, and it was uplifted, and he shouted aloud, The day has come. Behold, people of the Eldar and fathers of men, the day has come. And all those who heard his great voice echo in the hills answered, crying, The night is passing. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.